A Woman's View with Amanda Dixon. A look at the news here at home and around the world, all from the perspective of women. Now, Amanda Dixon on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to A Woman's View here on KSL News Radio. Such a treat this week to have singer songwriter Sherry Call with me. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Amanda. Good to see you. Sally Dietline is with me, the executive producer of Hale Center Theater. Sally, good to see you as well. How are you today? Just fine. Good. And Sarah Strang joins me, the COO of The Road Home and a teacher in the social work department at the University of Utah. It's good to see you, Sarah. Good morning. Good to see everyone. I, I wanted to ask you about this, all three of you, because you've all been or are teachers. And I saw this week that there was some debate uh, on Utah's Capitol Hill about whether or not we should change our requirements for teachers. Should we make them go through some of the traditional training methods, reviews of the, do they have the skills to handle a classroom? They may be competent in their area of expertise, but that is something in addition to knowing how to teach, isn't it? Particularly of certain grade levels, I would think. Because as a substitute teacher, I, I know when I go into an elementary school, I feel woefully unprepared to handle situations because I never went through a teacher certification process. Mm -hmm. Sally, speak to this. Mm. First of all, I loved teaching. I think it's one of the most wonderful things you can do. I, I loved igniting kids, but I knew where I fit in. I mm -hmm. did well with high school students. I think had you put me in an elementary school, it, it just wasn't my personality when it worked. I loved working with my own kids, but not a classroom of a you know, of others. And so, I, you know, I think you kind of know where you fit. One of the things I think that happens over time, you start adding on different, somebody thinks this idea is going to be good for a teacher. Somebody thinks this idea will be. And pretty soon you have a mountain of ideas that have all been put into um, use. And it's really becomes daunting for people who want to become teachers looking at it and or and who are really skilled at doing things. And so I think looking back at all of those layers of things and peeling back an onion and finding out, do we really need this? Do mm -hmm. we need this? Is always a good practice. Mm -hmm. Because we have a lot of professionals who have a lot of um, ability. And some of them are naturally good teachers, but you need to find out how to get them into the classroom to work practically with the kids without making it such a daunting task. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Especially now that we have a teacher like, shortage. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I think that we need to be very realistic about this. I feel really good, though, that, that we have um, some deep, a little bit, of in-depth training on how to work with the various mm -hmm. levels because it is it is different. And yeah. we are in a different world. And in Utah, we have so many different ethnicities and cultures that we, yes. that we work with now. Speak to this, Sherry. Well, I, I see, I, I feel like it's a nuanced thing because, you know, my gut reaction when I say, let's just make it easier for anyone to become a teacher, that sounds terrifying to me because... <laughs> I don't think it should be that easy. Like, I think that you should know what you need to know how to be a teacher and what, what you're teaching. And, but I, I don't know, maybe I'm a hypocrite because I have a degree in music and songwriting and I, I teach it, but I don't have a teaching certificate. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't teach at an elementary school or a, or a public school of any kind. I've taught at universities and I've taught um, at like conservatories and things like that. And I feel qualified. I've written my own curriculum and I feel, I feel really qualified to do it, but like, maybe I'm not qualified to say, you know, no, you should make it really hard. But I mean, I do have a college degree in that topic though. I don't know if you should just take anyone and just say, oh, let's make it so anyone can come in and teach. You know, if there's a middle ground somewhere where there's ways that you can make sure that people are qualified, I think that there's some qualifications that should be necessary. So I, I hear I hear that. Speak to this, Sarah, if you would. No, I agree with what Sally and Cherry both have said. I think that teaching is such a nuanced position when we think of it. I look back to the pandemic and I will tell you that within the first 46 seconds of having to homeschool, I recognized (laughs) that that was not the space or the arena for me uh, to step in and and looking at those different pieces. Um, But I also will say when you find a spot that you are passionate about, I I love the teaching opportunities that I've had at the University of Utah and working with these, these students who are coming in and they're full of passion and that in turn refills my cup and gives me back that passion for my work and what I'm doing uh, and looking at those different pieces. So I think it's a balance. It's a balance of how do we support the teachers that we have so that class sizes aren't overwhelming and they're able to give the attention that they need to give to students who may require a little bit more assistance, Um, but also ensure that the education we're giving is good education. It's quality education. And so I also have mixed emotions about it as I think about what it looks like. And my hope would be that we would be thoughtful about passing legislation that would support those who are coming in who maybe didn't go through the same training process, but also recognizing that there may be things we could do to support our teachers already. I feel like wages are something we're constantly hearing about for this very demanding career that could support on both ends. So we see more longevity in our teachers who did go through that process, but then we could also supplement with folks who are able to get into the field a little bit quicker. I would really encourage anybody who's thinking about it to substitute teach. Now, granted, it's a very different thing when they're your kids, very different. And I understand that middle schoolers, it is their job to make us cry. (laughs) It's their job. But having said that, it really gives you a feel. I mean, there are things that, you know, I I have a law degree. I never learned in college or in law school that when third graders won't look at you, you say, one, two, three, eyes on me. And they all say, one, two, eyes on you. (laughs) No one taught me that. And, and there are just little things and important things like to never pay attention to the student who's misbehaving. Pay attention to the ones who are behaving. I make that mistake every time I substitute. A kid steps out of line and I'm zooming in on him instead of going to the girl next to him who's doing her work and saying, Sally, that is such good work. Keep up that good work. <laughs> anyway, so I, I so appreciate your unique perspectives, all three of you. Thank you for that. I want to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about how food prices have affected families all over the state, all over the country, probably all over the world. But I I see it in my own family. And then I read this article this week that just rubbed me the wrong way, but I'm hoping you can set me straight. There was an article where the company Kellogg said struggling families should consider cereal for dinner. Self-serving, obviously, because they make cereal. But I don't know. It felt a little bit like let them eat cake. Let me let me ask you how you feel. We'll take a break and be back here on A Woman's View back in a moment. 